Hey, my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. What's up, Embrace? Welcome if you're joining us here in person or online. I just want to say welcome. We are so excited that you're here this morning. My name is Tyler, and I've been a part of Embrace for over 12 years. My wife and I started coming here when we were meeting on Sunday nights, and there were only about 50 people in the church. And it has been so exciting to see God grow Embrace over the years. And I think he is only just getting started. He has so many more plans for for Embrace and the people of Embrace. And I quickly just want to say thank you to Pastor Adam and Becky. Thank you for saying yes when God asked you to start a church called Embrace. Uh, You have blessed my family so much and so many others. So thank you for who you guys are and all that you do. Well, I'm excited to be here. Usually I'm sitting where you guys are. More recently, we've been doing things online. So it feels really good to be back here this morning. But as I get started, I want to introduce you to my family. This is my family, my wife, our four kids, and honestly, we are just trying to find joy in the craziness and chaos in life. Um, I want to point out this little guy here. Do not be fooled by him. He looks cute and cuddly, but he is like a wild animal, okay? His name is TJ, and that stands for trusting Jesus because every morning, my wife and I just pray that he turns out okay. But honestly, he's not the only one we're worried about. Quarantine with four kids was absolute insanity. Has anybody else gotten on a Zoom call for work with four kids in the room? It's scary. Like really, really scary. Somebody's going to yell. Somebody's going to cry. Somebody's going to start freaking out. And the scary part is it's probably going to be me. And it's all going to be captured on video. Quarantine was crazy. Uh, we did find some downtime. We watched some movies. We watched some TV shows. One of the shows we got into is a show called Songland. And if you're unfamiliar with what Songland is, Songland is where these unknown songwriters come and they pitch their song to three of the best music producers in the industry and a popular artist. And the idea is that that popular artist is going to pick one of their songs and record it. And it really gives you the story behind the music. So I thought it was appropriate to choose a song from the show Songland. It was written for and recorded by Florida Georgia Line. And the title of it is Second Guessing. What a great title for 2020, Second Guessing. I don't know about you, but I've been second guessing everything lately. But let's check out the lyrics to this song. Since I met you, I ain't spent one second guessing because I've turned days into nights and spent all of my life asking questions. Now I don't spend one second guessing. So the lyrics, the song's actually about finding something so strong that you never have to ask another question again. And I just want to throw it out there. I want to ask us this morning, is that even possible to find something so strong that you can stop your second guessing? 
I know for myself in 2020, I have never done more second guessing. Literally, the questions never stop. Will the kids go back to school in the fall? Please, Jesus, I cannot be a teacher again. Will there be football? That's a big deal. When will I ever get on a plane again? When will they find a vaccine for COVID? When and how long will we be doing this? Literally, the questions never stop. So finding something that allows me to never ask another question again sounds amazing. Now, the verse that we're going to look at today is one of my favorites. If you grew up in the church, you've probably heard this verse. But if you haven't, that is cool, too. It's written by a guy named Jeremiah. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is one of my favorite verses. It's one of the few verses that I have memorized because when things aren't going quite as I planned or unexpected circumstances come up, this reminds me that God is in control and his plans are good. But let's look at why Jeremiah wrote this. Who was he saying this to? Because I think we can find a lot of similarities that were happening back then. We're still dealing with today. So Jeremiah was saying this to the Jewish people, God's chosen people. And they had just been taken out of their homeland and brought to a foreign land. They were in captivity. They weren't allowed to go back home. They were in exile is what they called it. And they didn't have any notice for that. Imagine the second guessing that was going through their mind. How long will we be doing this? When will we go back to normal? Where is God? And does he still have plans for us? And are those plans good? So God sent Jeremiah to answer some of their questions. And Jeremiah said, how long are you going to be doing this? I'll tell you. You are going to be in a foreign land and not allowed to go home for 70 years. Not 70 days, not 70 weeks, not 70 months, 70 years, literally the rest of their life. An entire generation was going to be spent in a foreign land with a new normal. So why did Jeremiah say verse 29, 11? Because the people had lost all hope. They were second guessing their God and everything that he had planned for them. I believe that Jeremiah's words are needed just as much in 2020 as they were in 597 BC, because I think we're still asking the same questions and we still have the same doubts. So how do we stop second guessing? First, we have to get really comfortable in the chaos. Listen to what Jeremiah says to them. Right after he says, you're going to be here for 70 years, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters. In other words, get comfortable in the chaos. Jeremiah is telling them to get comfortable right where they are because this is their new normal. Life as they knew it had changed forever. Now, in business and leadership, you hear this phrase all the time, get comfortable in conflict. Because in business, you quickly find out that you can plan and you can have a strategy, but unexpected things will happen. 
And I sell real estate for a living, and we have a phrase in real estate that what can happen will happen. Okay, we're kind of a jaded crew, maybe not the most positive people, but we've just experienced so many unexpected things where we're forced to pivot on a, you know, without any notice and find a solution. One of the craziest things I've ever seen in my career, one of the most chaotic things was when the tornadoes hit Sioux Falls last year. So I had a client, we were supposed to close on their home the next day. So that night, a tornado came through, ripped off their neighbor's roof, swung it around a couple of times and threw it into the side of their home. So I woke up that morning with a text message from my client with a picture of a giant hole in the side of their house and the question, will this affect the sale of our home? Yes, it will. But thankfully, the buyers and the sellers got really comfortable in the chaos. We were able to come up with a plan to get the home repaired, and we eventually closed. The shutdown earlier this year was complete chaos. The kids were home from school. We had no daycare. Our offices were closed, but we were still working from home. Quick confession, my four-year-old son broke his arm while I was on a Zoom call for work. Not a fun story to tell your wife, okay? I was trying to work, teach, play daddy daycare, and I wasn't doing any of them well at all. It was complete chaos. But once we got comfortable and just embraced the chaos and the unknowns, we had some of the best family times we have ever had during quarantine. We had dinner as a family that was uninterrupted by the next activity or the next thing to run through. We started doing puzzles as a family. We've never done puzzles as a family. We've done more puzzles in the last three three months than I can ever remember. We started taking bike rides as a family. Good things can happen in the chaos if we allow them to, if we embrace it. If we wait for the chaos to end, we will miss the moment. The next thing to help us stop second guessing is to know that God is calling us to thrive, not just survive. Again, listen to these words from Jeremiah. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. God wants us to grow. That is his desire for us. And he promises that he will work all things together for your good. Sometimes life circumstances cause us to want to decrease and go into survival mode. But God is calling us to thrive, not just survive. He calls us to keep moving forward. And God wants to partner with us in our growth. His plans are to prosper us and to help us thrive in any situation. Now, I have a friend in my men's group. We meet here at the church on Friday mornings. And my friend got a new job at the beginning of March, and he was super excited about it because he was, he was excited about the job, and he was going to make more money than he has ever made. So him and his wife thought now, when he started his new job, was going to be a good time to start practicing generosity. They had decided that they were going to give a certain percentage to the church and other people in need. They felt like God wanted to grow them in this area. 
So three weeks into my friend's new job, he gets furloughed. And a couple months later, my friend gets let go because of the pandemic and the lost revenue. I mean, everything about their situation tells them to go into survival mode and to not move forward with their plans. It makes sense for them to second guess their plans of generosity. But my friend and his wife believe in a God that's bigger than their circumstances. And they have decided to partner with God and to move forward in this time when my friend is unemployed to to move forward with their plans of generosity and give a percentage of all their income away. Now, me and the other guys in the group kind of joked with them and said, what a great time to start. That percentage will never be lower than it is right now. And it was maybe too early for that joke. But God is growing them in this season. And I'll tell you this, it's not even about the money. It's not about the money. It's about their heart, trusting God in any and every situation that God can throw at them. Because God wants us to thrive, not just survive. Being here on this stage is way out of my comfort zone. I'm not a pastor. I don't do this for a living. But when Embrace asked if I would preach, I said yes, because God has been growing my capacity and he has been breaking down some walls in my life. I've been on a journey where my identity has been completely torn down. It all started five years ago in this room, but honestly, it started long before that. I told you earlier, I sell real estate. And when I first got started in my career, I made the commitment that I was going to give 10% of all my income to the church. So I sold my first house, I got paid, and I took 10% of that, and I brought it to the church. And I've done that on every check I've ever received. And when I started, giving 10% took a ton of faith. Honestly, I didn't know if I'd ever sell another home or when I would sell another home. It took a ton of faith. But what once took faith over time, just being honest, it became a religious act. It became almost a source of pride for me. It became my identity. I was Tyler, and I was a tither. What does that even mean? I don't know. I didn't tell that to other people. But in my head, that's how I showed God and told God that I loved him and that I was a good Christian. But I'll be honest, I was just going through the motions. I would show up to church, I would put my offering in the offering plate, and I would check the box for that week. And one Sunday, about five years ago, I was sitting right in that section over there. And the offering plate came by, and I put my offering in it, and I stood up, and I started singing whatever song the band was playing. And I felt God say, I want more than just your money. I couldn't get that out of my head. It started me on a process to find out exactly what did God want from me. So that process led me to enroll in seminary. Seminary is a school where you'd go if you're going to become a pastor or a Christian counselor. It's a Christian education. 
And five years later, this past May, I graduated from seminary with my degree, with my master's degree. And in some way, that has led me to this moment today on this stage. See, I found out that God wasn't interested. He wanted more than just my money. He wanted my heart to trust him with my life and with my future. Because he doesn't just want us to go through the motions and survive. He wants us to thrive. We don't have to second guess our future when we are following God because his plans are to prosper us and give us hope. The last way we can stop second guessing is replace your worry with worship. Is anyone else in here a really good worrier besides me? Thank you for the only honest guy in here. I mean, you are super creative with the ways that you can think up that is going to end it all, right? And if you're a world-class worrier, all you need is the smallest thing to create the plot that's going to end to ruin in your life. And this year, right now, the world, are you kidding me, is giving us some amazing plots to create a story about imminent disaster, but God reminds us that when the world has only bad news, that he is the good news. Amen? His, his plans for you are good, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. I have really good news for you. If you're good at worrying, you could be really good at worshiping. What does that even mean? What is worship? Some of us, I think we hear worship and we think of some weird singing, maybe some tambourine, something un really uncomfortable. But what does worship mean? Worship is simply the way that we express our love for God. So that can look a lot of different ways. But more than anything, worship is a mindset or a perspective of who God is and what his plans for you are. Worry and worship can both consume us, but here's the difference. Worry is looking at your future through the lens of fear, believing that something bad will happen. Worship, on the other hand, is looking at your future through the lens of faith, believing something good will happen. God wants you to know that your future will be good so that you can start enjoying life right now. So you and I can stop second-guessing and know that God is working all things together for our good. Worship produces joy in your life, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you find yourself tired, weary, full of anxiety, full of doubt, second-guessing everything, what can you do? Worship, worship, focus your thoughts on all the things God has done for you and all that you are, th are thankful for because worship brings joy and strength to you like nothing else can or will. Most of our lives are spent in the middle of the process waiting for the promise to come. If we believe in a God with good plans, we can trust him in the middle of that process. So how do you stop second-guessing? God promises that his plans for, are, for you are good. So just to sum everything up today, if it's not good, then God's not done. 
Okay, and God works in ways that are mysterious, and maybe we don't understand them, maybe we don't even like them, but let's just say this. If his plans for you are good, if the situation you're in isn't good, then God's not done. He who started a good work in you will bring it to completion, and it will be good. As I close, I want to share with you uh, just one of the most difficult seasons for my wife and I. <clears throat> it was about seven years ago, and we had, we had our two daughters, and we were ready to start trying for baby number three. That was always our plan. We were going to have three kids. The minute we started dating and started talking about our future, we knew we wanted to have three kids, and we were at that point in our life, and we were ready for kid number three. So the first month we try and we don't get pregnant. And I was actually kind of cool with that because that meant we got to keep trying, right? Amen. But month two came. We didn't get pregnant. Month three, month four, month five, month six, month seven, month eight, month nine, my wife and I tried for over 15 months to get pregnant, and we were eventually told that it was likely we would never get pregnant again. To say that we were devastated would be a complete understatement. We started second-guessing everything. We second-guessed why this was happening. Why would God allow this? If his plans for us are good, this felt like anything but good. And for anybody here online, if you're listening and you're going through infertility, my heart goes out to you. Because we had two kids already, and it was still super difficult. And I just want to encourage you that God's plans for you are good. He has not forgotten about you. He hears every prayer. He sees every tear. He has not forgotten about you. It is such a difficult process. Well, right in the middle of our lowest point, I came home one night, and there was a jar on our front step. Kind of a weird thing to come home to. Interesting. So I went out, and I grabbed it, and I picked it up, and I brought it inside. And in it was a note from Pastor Adam and Becky, and it was just saying that they were walking with us during the season and praying for us and just wanted to encourage us. So in the jar was also instructions to put this jar on our countertop with a pad of sticky notes. Every time that we thought of something that we were thankful for, it said, write it on the sticky note and put it in the jar. Can I be honest with you, though? During that season, we did not write a lot of things on these sticky notes. But eventually... A few months later, miraculously, my wife got pregnant. And eventually, we had our son, Mason. God had given us baby number three. We were so excited. We couldn't believe it. So one day, a few months after my son was born, I was walking by the countertop where this jar sat. And I, I walked by it a thousand times. I don't know why I picked it up that day, but I picked it up and I started looking at it. And for the first time ever, I saw the word Mason. 
Of course, it's a mason jar, right? But I never thought of that. I had never seen it. And in that moment, I was just reminded that God knows every detail of every plan that he has for my life and your life. And those plans are good. During those months, we second-guessed everything. We second-guessed God, his faithfulness, his goodness. Yet I was reminded in that moment that if it isn't good, then God's just not done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful you're here with us this morning. And Lord, there's so many crazy circumstances and so much going on right now, Father, but we believe you're bigger than any circumstance that can come our way. We thank you that the plans that you have for us are good and that you are a good God. I pray that we, each and every one of us, would just give you our heart to trust you with our life and our future so we can worship right now in the middle of the process, whatever we're going through. We love you so much. We thank you for all that you are doing and are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I Am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.